Greetings, everyone. I'm excited to welcome today Charles Breck, founder and CEO at Legislate. Charles, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ben, for having me. Hey, great. Great to have you here. Looking forward to this episode. So let's kick this off. Tell us a little bit about your background. So I'm not a lawyer, full disclaimer. I studied engineering and ended up doing BizDev at a early stage machine learning startup. And found myself in the middle of contracts more often than I, I wanted, but it was an essential step of, of getting clients on board. And I just found it frustratingly slow and, and tedious dealing with Word documents and PDFs. But I also found that post-signature, every single team that needed access to the contract had access to the contract, but somehow weren't really able to extract the key information that they needed the finance team wanted to know what the payment terms were. They they wanted to know the amounts, et cetera. And although they had the PDF, they they just asked me for that information. Customer success equally wanted to know what they were implementing, et cetera. So it just seemed really, well, inefficient to, to use PDFs. And, and I thought, why don't we make the, the data in the contract machine readable so that that data can be easily shared, accessed, queried, analyzed, integrated into your systems, et cetera, without needing to manually go through that PDF and then find the, the answers that you're looking for. Well, you're speaking my language, Charles, as a CFO, I've dealt with tons of contracts. So <laughs> you're really interesting. And so engineered by trade, but then you were just dealing with a lot of contracts. Sounds like you had this pain yourself. So, all right, let's create a solution for this. So yeah, tell us what products and or services does Legislate offer? So we offer a contract creation and management platform. And I say the key differentiator is that we aimed at people, operations and finance people, not legal teams. I think that's the important thing to consider. Most contract management solutions are aimed at lawyers or sophisticated users. Whereas I'm not a lawyer, I'm not a sophisticated person, but I interact with contracts every day. And this platform is to allow me to set terms of an agreement, make simple amendments, get it signed, but then post-signature track the contracts. And I'd say the how we track the data and the contracts is another key differentiator because we're using knowledge graph technology, which is a branch of AI used by, for example, Google to make the, the web searchable. And I'd say what one of the key benefits of this approach is we can filter contracts very accurately and very quickly by the data in the contracts. So for example, if you have 100 employees and you want to know what the different notice periods are or how many employees are still on probation, you can just filter by those parameters as opposed to the contract name or you know, if, if ever you did have a, a naming convention, which is how some companies, they might have naming conventions, folders, subfolders, but if you're trying to analyze your contracts based on the data, that, that's just inefficient. And, and we allow you to do that. Yeah, I mean, contracting is such an important process or part of the sales process. And so say I'm using a CRM system, Salesforce, HubSpot, I've got DocuSign in there and it creates the PDF. And then does the document then feed into your platform and then you read it, pull all the important information off of that then? How, how is that? Tell us a little bit about that data flow if sales signs that contract and then what happens next? That, that will be functionality in the future where you can import a, a contract that has been signed using other platforms. 
But the idea today is that you would come in to legislate, create your contract. So similar workflow, except you start and finish and legislate. Okay. So create the contract in legislate. It's tracking all the correct data and then you have it there because I've seen, yeah, that becomes a big problem for some companies where they've got to go figure out yeah, how many seats did they sell? What type of revenue did they sell? So the type of contracts that you can hold in your platform, it could be, you know, master solutions agreements, sales orders, you know, if I'm a SaaS company signing contracts and then any other sort of commercial contracts that, that the platform can handle. That's right. We're, we're contract agnostic. But I'd say where we've had a lot of traction has been with employment contracts, consultancy agreements, especially if you're a company growing quickly and you've got lots of consultants, they all will have their own specific set of terms around termination or, or payments. So that's a great way to, to track that information. We also have had success with NDAs. And I say as, we, as we're growing, we're sort of broadening the scope based on our clients' requirements. Yeah, I know. And for the CFOs listening, it's like, how many NDAs have you signed over your career that they're just sitting in some random folder somewhere? And yeah, you never know really what you've signed over the years. So yeah, it makes a ton of, a ton of sense. And so when did you found, what year did you found Legislate? Exactly three years ago and 19 days. <laughs> okay. So 2020 founded. Yeah. And where are you guys located? We're located in London. Although the company was started in Oxford and our software team is actually based in Seville, Spain. Okay. Okay, great. And then what's your current team size? We're a team of 17. 17 staff. Okay, perfect. And then anything you want to disclose around revenue range or ARR range? I think we're still very early stage. And I mean, all, yes, we've been around for three years, but we, we only really got our first round of proper funding two years ago. And, and we've, we've had a lot of traction with smaller companies or solo entrepreneurs. And we had a, a completely different business model, a usage-based model where clients would, would pay per contract, which was, was great because it was all self-serve inbound, but, but usage is, is, although it might be recurring, it's not recurring monthly. And what we also noticed is that a lot of the users were looking for one-off contracts or the, the key value for them was the template as opposed to the the tracking and the data management. So we've just, just done a, a three million pound uh, round of funding to actually, I, I wouldn't say pivot, but build a sales team, adapt the product slightly for bigger clients and, and really focus on those companies that have 20 plus employees that are, the sweet spot is probably hundred between 100 and 200 employees that are growing quickly won't necessarily have a legal team and even if they they do have a legal team it's about empowering the business users within those companies to create contracts without needing to get legal involved at every single step yeah yeah really interesting that pivot and tell a little bit about your go-to-market motion so are you selling into the finance team the accounting team the sales team all those who, who are you trying to reach out to in these companies to to make the intro absolutely i think it depends on the company because one thing we've noticed is that in some companies the cfo might be dealing with the contracts in other companies it might be the chief op in others it might be the founder so i i think that's something which we're we're still trying to work out in terms of who we can target repeatedly but what is clear is that there is a pain 
and it's just making sure that we can have the right messaging for the right persona. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's really interesting. I talked to a lot of companies who are you know, trying to serve that, you know, say 20 employees, 200, and it's like a 20 employees, probably not a CFO, 200 employees. Yeah, probably a CFO, you know, so it's like scaling your message based on the employee size, having that flexibility and versatility. So yeah, that's, that's interesting. So how much you said you've, you just raised 3 million pounds. How many, how much capital have you raised to date so far? Four. Okay. So 4 million pounds. All right. And then what, tell us about the triggers or milestones that led you to that last raise. Was it seeing that you needed to pivot the product or, or what led you to that 3 million pound raise? We, we, we had, as I said, a lot of traction on this inbound model. We, in two years, we managed to get over 200 clients, a lot of web traffic. We get about 60,000 monthly visitors organically. And whilst these growth metrics are pretty good, I, I think, you know, we, we probably could have continued down this route, but we were just, you know, m- m- leaving a lot of value on the table. So I think the investors obviously recognized the, the growth, the demand and, and had enough sort of conviction that we had the right solution and the right team to service these, these bigger customers. I think the, the other you know, reason why we've got a lot of support is because the knowledge graph approach is, is pretty novel in this space. There's been a lot of talk about chat GPT and its ability to, for example, generate contracts or answer questions about text that you provide it. But when it's giving answers, it's not actually understanding the, the document and therefore, and then giving you answers. It's, it's, it's still just guessing or, um, providing predictions of likely answers based on questions and answers that it's seen in the past. Whereas with a knowledge graph, you're modeling the underlying concepts in the document. So for example, this is a party, this is a confidentiality clause, this is a definition. And with those models that we can generalize within contract families and between contract types, we can answer questions like, you know, how many of my employees are on a 30 days period? accurately and quickly because we've modeled the underlying data. And on top of that, we've we've been granted patents in the US and are currently being internationalized, protecting our whole approach. So I think it, it's, it's just that we've, when we raised some funding two years ago, it was, okay, now we're building a product, building a team. So it was, I guess, a, a pre-seed round and, and now it's seed round and, and ready to sort of go to market. Okay. And so it sounded like you felt with that traffic, with a couple hundred clients that you had some sort of product market fit, you know, that now led you to, okay, raise and now maybe, yeah, take it to that next step. Yeah, exactly. And, and as far as the, the, the fundraising today, any lessons or, or tips and tricks that you'd like to share with other founders listening as far as, you know, any, any lessons learned in, in that fundraising process? I think fundraising is extremely distracting. And it is really hard as a founder to focus on fundraising, but also manage the team, continue to grow the team, continue to sort of maintain the momentum and the confidence, especially if you're not um, profitable and ultimately livelihoods are are at stake if the funding doesn't happen. So I think it's obviously a very stressful time for the founder, but it's also stressful for the team. And you also can't share everything with the team just because an investor says no, it's not the end of the world because the majority will say no and you only need one yes. So I think it, it's 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 obviously very distracting. So 
I think the key key pieces of advice is to try and minimize the distraction as much as possible. And I think one way of doing that is by really being focused on who you speak with. There are a lot of generalist investors who can really take up a lot of your time and and ultimately they won't be a good fit. So if, if you've got a, an assumption that an investor won't be a good fit, then don't bother, even if they're, they're the ones reaching out to you. And, and then I think the second piece of advice is really focus on building relationships with investors that understand you, get the business, get the market, so that when you do fundraise, you're being targeted and you don't have to re-explain or, or justify why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. So it's not, you don't have to educate them about your specific niche. They know it and you can have that, that meaningful yeah. conversation. But yeah. That makes a ton of sense, Charles. So as we wrap up here, what's next for legislate, what's coming up that's new and exciting. Well, hopefully speaking to lots of CFOs about their pesky sales teams, not filling in contracts properly or empowering the rest of the org to, to create contracts where they can track the data. And I think on the, on the product front, we're obviously expanding the functionality so that you can import your legacy agreements into legislate and then benefit from the same level of search capabilities. But we're also building a, a template editor so that clients can edit, edit their own templates and legislate. And I truly believe that it, it will be one of the most powerful template editors on the market because of the knowledge graph telling you, hey, you've got this definition, but it's not defined. Or if you remove this clause, these are all the other clauses that are impacted and, and all thanks to the knowledge graph. So I'm very excited about that. Yeah, that's great. And I love it. I mean, contracting again, you know, it's, uh, it's such an, I think, overlooked, under, underestimated part of just the overall sales process. And things can really go haywire if you don't document things right. You can't find payment terms, pricing, all that all that stuff in, in contracts that drive CFOs nuts when they try to invoice the, the their customers. Uh, so I love it. So if listeners really appreciate your time today, Charles, if listeners would like to learn more about Legislate, where should we send them online? Our website is legislate.ai. We're also on LinkedIn and the key socials. And yeah, please feel free to get in touch and we'd be happy to show you a demo. Oh, that's great. So if you'd like to learn more about Legislate, check out legislate.ai to learn more about the important contracting process. So Charles, really appreciate your time today and sharing your story. Thank you, Ben, for having me.